All right, one of the greatest adventure stories of all time is the story of Ernest Shackleton, who in 1914 wanted to attempt the unthinkable. And for him, it was sailing to the South Pole and leading a journey across the continent of Antarctica on foot. And to that point in history, it had never been done. And so he wanted to be the first to not only get to the South Pole, but to walk on foot across Antarctica. And he knew he couldn't do this alone. And so he was looking for a team of brave-hearted adventurers just like himself. And according to the legend, he put an ad in the London Times uh, to, to try to get some recruits. And the ad went like this. Let's see if you would sign up for this. Men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return, doubtful, <laughs> honor and recognition in case of success. You wouldn't think of a lot of people would sign up for that, would you? I mean, he lost me at bitter cold. I was just... Well, it turns out, you put this ad in the London Times, thousands and thousands and thousands of men and women signed up. 27 were chosen. And as Ernest Shackleton later reflected on this advertisement, which is, which is reported in the book, The Hundred Greatest Advertisements, it's one of the greatest advertisements ever, apparently. So many people responded. 27 were cho chosen. He later said, it seemed as though all the men in Great Britain were determined to accompany me. The response was so overwhelming. There's so much more we could tell about that journey. The ice ended up overwhelming the ship getting frozen in, men had to survive on foot, and the feat, the real feat of this, was not that they made it because they didn't, but that everyone survived. But he called them to an adventure, an adventure that was going to have potential costs, risk. Shackleton wasn't the very first to issue such a call. And years before Ernest Shackleton, Jesus said something similar. To those who would follow him, he said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. Jesus said, whoever wants to follow me is going to have to deny themselves, take up the cross, the cross, the symbol of suffering and pain, which of course Jesus hung on. There is no comfortable way to carry a cross, is there? Jesus says, if you want to follow me, if you want to be my disciple, there's going to be risk. There's going to be adventure. And next week, my friend, Dr. Jeff Arthurs from Gordon-Conwell is going to be here. He's going to talk about the suffering and the glory of following Jesus Christ. Not going to want to mention, miss that. But guys, the call to follow Jesus Christ is nothing less than a call to risk, to adventure, to glory. And the glory of God in Jesus Christ. We talked about this last week. 
As we looked at the story, Jesus came, he showed up, he said, follow me, and people left everything and followed him. And yet there's so many Christians today who are just content being a Christian. And what we said last week is that Jesus didn't come to call Christians, he came to call disciples. He invited people into the adventure of following him. And it's an adventure so big. It's a life so big. People literally dropped everything. They left their nets. They left their boats. Matthew leaves coins on the table and they follow him. That's the kind of person Jesus was. And so Jesus wants to prepare us for the adventure. He gives us this, this advertisement. You want to follow me? Yeah, you're going to have to deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. My daughter just started kindergarten this week. That's her big adventure. And of course, we wanted to prepare her for that adventure in the weeks leading up. And say, oh, you know, like, you're going to have to get up at this time, get ready. There's going to be a bus. Here's what it's going to be like to ride the bus. You're packing your lunch, eating in the school cafeteria. Here's what to do if kids are mean. We wanted her to be prepared. And in the same way, Jesus doesn't want us to be unprepared for the adventure that awaits. And so he says things like this in Luke 9. You've got to be ready to deny yourself and take off your cross should you need to following me. And this is what awaits all of us who say yes to following Jesus. And Jesus actually continues to drive this home in Luke 9. If you have your Bible or a Bible app, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 9. He's just said this, this incredible statement. And in Luke 9, it actually plays out in these stories. Three people want to follow Jesus. And each time Jesus asks in a different way, are you up for the adventure? I know you want to follow me, but are you up for the adventure? Hey, come follow me, but are you up for the adventure? And Jesus wants you to know today that if you're going to follow him, it's not always going to be comfortable. It's not always going to be convenient. It's going to be a radical choice. And he's asking you today, you up for the adventure? It's risk. It's thrill, it's excitement, it's cost, and it's Jesus. Are you up for it? So if you have your Bible, turn to Luke 9.57. Jesus is preparing us for the adventure of following him. And I believe Jesus today is preparing our church for the adventure of following him. God's doing something here at Hope saying, get ready for what I'm going to do here at Hope. This, the heading for this section is the cost of following Jesus in my Bible. This is what it says, Luke 9, 57. You can read along. As they were walking along the road, a man said to Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Jesus said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Are you up for the adventure? Hazardous journey, bitter cold. It's going to be an adventure. Let's pray. 
God, thanks for this morning. Uh, thank you, Lord, that you are calling us to something greater. A life so big that we could literally give our lives to it. So I just pray today that you would prepare us for the adventure of following you. I pray that you would give us the strength and the will to say yes to the call of Jesus Christ on our life. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so it's going to be an adventure. I just want to show you three things about this adventure as we get ready to follow Jesus. Number one, the first thing you need to know is that following Jesus is not always going to be comfortable. Which is tough for me because comfort is kind of a big deal for me. Anybody else comfort? It's kind of like a big deal. I remember when I was first going to elementary school and my mom actually dressed me in these tight-fitting Wrangler jeans. I'm not kidding. Like, I couldn't run. I couldn't crisscross applesauce. I couldn't feel my toes. It was uncomfortable. So I literally stopped wearing jeans. For the next six years of my life, no more jeans. I did you know, shorts, sweatpants, parachute pants, thank you, MC Hammer. I didn't know a comfortable pair of jeans existed. There are comfortable pairs of jeans. But for me, it's all about comfort. And yet for Jesus, it's not, is it? Jesus didn't come to give you a more comfortable lifestyle. He didn't. And we see that in our story if you're going to follow Jesus, it's not going to be comfortable. Listen to what Jesus says. Luke 9, 57. Jesus meets a man walking along this road. And the man says to Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. Right? Do you hear that? He's excited. He's passionate. He has a desire to follow Jesus Christ. And he says, well, if you're going to follow me, you just need to know one thing. The foxes have dens. The birds have nests. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. So if you're going to follow me, it's not going to be comfortable. Are you ready for that? Are you prepared for that? Well, we, had a, we had a fox den in our, our backyard. It was kind of cool to see. There are these four little baby foxes, and they would come out, and they'd wrestle and play. You know, a lot of fun, and the kids and I would watch that. Actually, we just found a bird's nest, too. Um, the other day in this bush, and it was amazing, you know, how the, the bird just put the sticks together and the grass, and, and I was looking at this bird's nest with the kids, and, and I guess they noticed there a white piece of plastic. Turns out it, it's a candy bar wrapper, and the kids called it the candy bar couch. <laughs> I love that, right? Like the little bird has a little candy bar couch. Well, you know what? Followers of Jesus, there is no candy bar couch when you follow Jesus Christ. He says, the foxes have dens, the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And if you're going to follow me, it's not always going to be comfortable. And I think for many of us here today, and, and it would be me included, like my life mode is comfort. And for a lot of us here today, our life mode is comfort. Our neighborhood, these northern suburbs, this is what we're doing. We're building our comfortable lives. We're like that little bird making that comfortable nest. And we resist and we fight against anything that even attempts to pull us out of that comfort zone. And yet that's where Jesus is leading us. He's leading us out of our comfort zone. And the question Jesus has for every one of us here today is, do you want comfort? Or do you want the kingdom? 
And I would ask that to you. Do you want comfort? Do you want that comfort zone? Or do you want God's kingdom? Because if you're going to follow Jesus, it is not always going to be comfortable. Jesus didn't say, take up your cushion and follow me. I wish he would have. I got a few good cushions. I'm ready to go, Jesus. He didn't say that. He said, take up your cross and follow me. And the way that God's kingdom advances in our world is not through comfort. It is through discomfort. It is through the cross. It is through people who are giving their lives to Christ that the world may know him. And there's no greater adventure than that. But that's how the kingdom moves forward. Not through our comfort, but through a cross. You cannot follow Jesus inside your comfort zone. I want you to think about this. Do you think that Jesus was comfortable hanging on the cross? You think that was comfortable for him? No. And if Jesus would go through that kind of discomfort to reach me and you, do you think he might ask us to do a few comfortable things too? Uncomfortable things too? Yeah. It is not always going to be comfortable to follow Jesus Christ and to give your life for him. And I just want to ask you today, is there something uncomfortable that God is asking you to do today? I think Jesus would just say, come, follow me. Come follow me. It's not always going to be comfortable to follow Jesus. And you know what else? It's not always going to be convenient either. To follow Jesus is to embrace inconvenience. It's not always going to be comfortable and following Jesus is not always going to be convenient. And we see how the next story plays out. Look at the next story. Luke 9, 59. Jesus said to another man, follow me. Jesus replied, Lord, first let me go bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. So in this story, Jesus issues an invitation says, come, follow me. And someone responds and says, Jesus, I want to follow you, but first, Lord, I need to go bury my father. And it could be that his dad has just died. He needs to go bury him. But it's also possible that his father is even, um, he's caring for his father even as he's on his deathbed. And he's, he's just saying, Jesus, I just need a few moments with my dad. I You know, I I want to give him a proper burial, which of course he would want to do and he would need to do. And Jesus is saying, come follow me. And I can't help but to think about, as I'm reading this and studying this, situation with my own dad. For those of you that don't know, my dad has cancer. He has cancer in his bones and he's getting treatment and he's doing really well right now. He just started nine weeks of treatment, five days a week. This treatment isn't going to cure him. There is no cure. He's dying of cancer. And there are times where I desperately wish I could be there for him back in Colorado. I just go, Jesus, what are you doing? I think there's so much raw emotion in moments like these. And many of you have, have experienced that in different ways. Maybe you have a loved one that you've lost recently. Can you imagine Jesus saying to you, let the dead bury their own dead? Just imagine him saying that. I'm reading a book about grief right now. 
And chapter one is called what to say and what not to say. Like, Jesus, do you think that might be in the not to say? Let the dead bury their own dead. What is he saying? I think what Jesus is saying is, well, last time I checked, you know, dead bodies can't bury dead bodies. That's not really possible. So he's not talking about literal dead people burying dead people. What I think he's talking about, I think he's talking about the spiritually dead. He's saying let the spiritually dead, those who don't know God, those who don't follow God, let them bury the dead because we, we who are known by God and loved by God in a relationship with God, we have a greater purpose for our lives. And he says, go, proclaim the kingdom of God. And what I hear in Jesus' words is, I, I hear an urgency here. And friends, there is an indescribably urgent mission that Jesus has for every one of us. And it's, it's an urgency that is only the proper response to a God who loves us so much that he would die on a cross for us so that we may not perish, so that everyone may have eternal life. We have a message of hope. There is an urgency. And by the way, eternal life doesn't start when you die. Eternal life begins the moment you believe. And so there's an urgency here. And I believe there is a radical urgency, even in our own neighborhood, even in our own families where we live, work, and play, for people to know about Jesus Christ. It's why we've paused our small groups and our Bible studies and some of our fellowship events, because it's time for us, Hope Community Church, to go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And tangible kingdom is going to help us do that. It's going to help us to make God's kingdom tangible to people in our life who aren't connected to Jesus or the church. I was looking at some of the uh, statistics for our own area. This is just really fascinating for me, and it, it showed me the urgency. Our community desperately needs the gospel. And um, just right here in our own community, 36% of people, as far as religion, are none. That's none, as in no religion. 36% of people, that's one out of every three people. Got a lot of students in the room. Want to acknowledge you. I bet it's maybe even a little more where you spend your time during the week. 38% are Catholic. I think we know what that means, right? Our, many of our Catholic friends don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. 13% mainline churches. Some of those are great churches, and some of them the gospel is rapidly disappearing. But, but here, here we go. 6.8% of the people right here are evangelical. Evangel, it just means gospel. About 7% of us are gospel people. Gospel people. There's an urgency, isn't there? There are people around us who need to know Jesus. You probably can think of names and faces, family members. But I think for this man, as he's contemplating following Jesus that day, I think he's realizing this is going to be inconvenient. I think for some of us with our busy lives and our busy schedules, the call of Jesus Christ comes upon our lives in a way that is inconvenient. Oh, I need to, I'm going to need to step out of my comfort zone and maybe get into that person's life. 
open my home just sounds a little inconvenient. We've got our sports schedules, school schedules, all that. It's all good, but I think sometimes we're like that man saying, Jesus, first let me, and then, and Jesus saying, no, 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 you go, and you proclaim the kingdom, even if it's right where you live, work, and play. It's not always going to be convenient. Last one. It's going to be a radical choice. Following Jesus, it's always a radical choice. There's no way to get around it. Jesus demands to be first in our lives, first in our relationship, our first priority, first in our schedules. It's a radical choice. A third person comes to Jesus. Luke 9.61 Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. So here's the last guy saying, I'll come, Jesus. I'll follow you. I'm ready. He goes, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Let me go back and kiss my wife. Let me go back and kiss my children. Let me go back and kiss my husband. Let me go back and give hugs to my family and friends. And Jesus is like, no. Isn't that crazy? Who wouldn't want to go back? He says, no, no one, it, it's interesting. It's almost like he's saying no one who, who starts something and keeps looking back is fit for the kingdom. And what Jesus is saying is this is going to be radical. It's going to be a radical choice. This is another radical choice. It's always going to be a radical choice. And maybe Jesus saw in this man indecision in his heart. Maybe he saw kind of a turning back. Maybe he was afraid he would go back and his family would talk him out of it. I don't know what it was, but Jesus is just saying, follow me and don't look back. Follow me, don't look back. Follow me, don't look back. There's no more powerful illustration of this concept of not looking back than a a movie. came out in 1997. It's called Gattaca. It's a science fiction movie, but there is a a powerful, powerful scene. The movie is about these two brothers, and and it's it's almost like a sibling rivalry. And I can relate. I have a younger brother, and we would always compete. And it's the story of two brothers, Anton and Vincent. And they're always competing against each other. They would do this, this game of chicken, where they would jump into the ocean... Think about this. And they would swim as far as they could. And the first one to turn back lost. And the danger of that, the reason why that's a game of chicken is because you could swim out so far that you can't swim back, right? And so who has the guts to swim out the farthest and still have the strength to make it back? Well, every time they swam, every time they did this game of chicken, Anton always swam further. And he was kind of the stronger brother. He'd always win. And and every time, Vincent would be the first one to turn around. Years later, they grow up. And now there's this scene, this powerful scene. these These two men are standing on the beach. And Vincent challenges Anton to one more game of chicken. And he's determined not to lose. And you see, they jump into the ocean. I've never tried swimming in the ocean. I'm, I'm too scared of the sea creatures. <laughs> and they jump into the ocean. The waves are rolling in. And they're swimming. 
stride for stride, stroke for stroke. And you see the shores getting further and further back. And they just keep swimming and swimming and swimming and swimming until it's getting to the point where it is dangerous to keep going forward. They're, they might not make it back. And Anton, the one who won every single time before, he was the first to speak up. And he says, Vincent, we got to go back. We got to go back to the shore. Because he knows, they've done this enough times to know if they keep going, they may not have the strength to make it back. And Vincent says, are you ready to quit? And you say that to your brother, it's like, I'll show you. And so Anton and Vincent continue to swim. They continue to go at it. The shore is far away. It is dangerous. They may not have the strength to make it back. And Anton is, is, is amazed. He's shocked. He's, he's astonished. And he gets to a point where he goes, Vincent, how are you doing this? How are you doing any of this? Because Vincent's going to keep going and he's not going to stop. To which Vincent says, you want to know how I did it? This is how I did it, Anton. I saved nothing for the swim back. And that's the call of Jesus Christ on our life. We're not saving anything for the swim back. And some of you are here today, and maybe you're saving something inside. And it could be that you've tried God and God didn't work. You tried faith and faith didn't work. And what Jesus says is, is you're kind of like, like that plowman who's looking over the shoulder. Have you ever looked over your shoulder when you, you drive and all of a sudden you're like turning? Yeah, I do that. It freaks my wife out. I think for so many times we try faith and faith doesn't work because we're like that plowman with one eye over our shoulder looking back and we're kind of going in this circle over and over again. Because we've never made that critical decision to go all in for Jesus Christ. No looking back, no turning back. I'm all in. Yes, Jesus. I think for some of you today, The way to move forward in your faith, the way to move forward in your life is to simply say, I'm not saving anything for the swim back. It is a radical choice to say yes to Jesus Christ. That's what he's inviting us into. And so today, I want to invite you as we close. I want to invite you to go all in for Jesus. No looking back, no turning back. A lot of young people in the room today, don't wait till you're older to give your life to Jesus Christ. Now, today, is the day to give your life to Christ. Some of you have families. You're busy. It's not always going to be convenient. Some of you have found your comfortable spot, and you're saying, this is going to take me out of my comfort zone, and it is going to take out, out of your comfort zone. But I think for many of us today, this is the adventure we've been waiting for. It's the adventure to surrender our lives to Jesus Christ and to give our lives so that other people might know God. It's, it's the thrill of following Jesus Christ. There is no greater thrill in this life than to follow Jesus Christ. And so I want to invite you into that today. And it's just like Ernest Shackleton. Men wanted hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, Long months of complete darkness. 
constant danger, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. Thousands of people responded to that ad. Thousands and millions of people have responded to the invitation to follow Jesus Christ. There is suffering and there is glory. There's sacrifice and there's adventure. But I just want you to know that before you give your all to Jesus, Jesus gave his all for you. Didn't he? We love Jesus because he first loved us. And I just want to remind you today, even as we come to take communion, Jesus gave it all. He paid it all. He loved with all. So that you and I might have a relationship with God. He hung on that cross and he rose from the dead. And he's alive. And he's inviting you to follow him. I love what the Bible says. The Bible says the Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth. And that's the invitation. How do I say yes to this adventure? Oh, the Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call in truth. And maybe today is just the day to say, you know what, Jesus? Truth, I've been half-hearted. Truth, Jesus, I've been looking back. Truth, Jesus, I've messed up my life in so many ways. And I need you. And the Bible says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And that can be you. It's a great, great adventure. It's the adventure that brought my family to Pennsylvania. And it's the adventure that Jesus is inviting you into. I can't tell you where it'll lead you. I can tell you a few things. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not always going to be convenient. It's a radical choice. Man, I wouldn't give my life for anything else. Would you? I wouldn't. Let's pray. Father, thanks for this morning. Thank you for coming into our lives and turning our lives upside down. Thank you for giving us something bigger to live for than even ourselves. And you're saying, come, follow me to every person in this room. And truth be told, Lord, we're scared. Truth, Lord, maybe we're looking back. Truth, Lord, we've compromised fallen short of the glory of God. So today we just say thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you for giving it all. Thank you for paying the price for our sins so that we could start a new relationship with you, a new adventure. So today we say yes, God, give us a new adventure. Give us a new story. Because that's what adventure is about. The story, the journey. And Lord, those who follow you have some incredible stories. It's a story of hope, a story of joy, a story of sacrifice. So today, Jesus, we say yes to you. Come into our hearts, come into our lives and lead us. No turning back, no looking back. It's just you and you alone. 
Yes, Jesus, we follow you. Show us the next step. No matter how difficult, no matter how uncomfortable, we say yes to that next step today. And maybe for some of you, it's putting your faith in Jesus Christ for the very first time today. And we celebrate that.